Amen. Quickly now to your Bible, to the book of Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. And I'd like to you turn there for me, please, for just a moment this morning. So good to see you today. I'll tell you, just a good day to be alive, isn't it? I'll tell you, it's a good day to serve the Lord. I want to talk to you today about prayer. I talked to you last week about prayer. And I thought this week I'd just continue that about prayer. Next week I'll probably preach on prayer. And the following week we probably need to be reminded about prayer. Probably if there's anything we neglect, it's prayer. Amen. And there's power in prayer. There's peace in prayer. There's provision in prayer. If you're looking for a partner, <laughs> that's the best place to find one is in prayer. Amen. I bet you, no, I might not to go there. I just maybe ought to read the Bible and see what it says here. Chapter 6 of the book of Matthew, verse number 5. If you should read chapter number five and verse one, the Bible talks about the Lord and teaching his disciples. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's an in-depth teaching of what the Lord was teaching his newly disciples and how they should live, what they should do, and how to maintain a spiritual mindset. Yet that? A spiritual mindset. It's difficult to maintain a spiritual mindset watching fox or wolf or turkey or some of those other channels on television. You agree? Hmm? You watch them long enough, you get so mad you want to cuss. So you got to pray that you don't cuss. Amen? Or if you do cuss, pray that nobody hears you except God. Amen. I believe prayer is the secret to success in any area of your life, whether it's spiritual, emotional, physical. I think if we go on a diet, I think we'd pray before we eat it, we wouldn't have to diet near as much. Now I started meddling, right? The Bible said, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. Someone has said, that America was better off when folks opened meals with a prayer instead of a can opener. I still believe that the family prays together, stays together. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, 
And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And when thou pray, and when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard of their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. If you should look through the Old Testament from front to back, you would find no place in the Old Testament where an individual referred to God as Father. But now all of a sudden, at the beginning of the New Testament, when the Son of God arrived, He died that you and I might be sons of God. So a brand new relationship now has begun. A relationship of a father and a son. So when you pray, now since Calvary, now since God's son died that we might become sons, now we can pray from a relationship and we can refer to God as our Father. Amen. So when you pray, a pattern, our Father, which art in heaven. Now don't tell Jehovah's Witnesses and those folks that run around on bicycles that God's not in heaven. What did that say? Our Father, which art where? That settled that deal, didn't it? You know where our Father is? He's in heaven. Well, the Bible talks about heaven. Well, it talks about where the Father is. And where the Father is, it's heaven. Amen. If heaven is here on earth, I've had about all of it I can stand. Can you say amen? So thank God there is a heaven. And heaven is where God is. And heaven is up. Paul ascended into the third heaven. A little bit of Bible knowledge. I'm so to you a whole lot done preaching. The Bible said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This is a pattern prayer now. It's not the Lord's prayer because let me tell you something. The Lord couldn't pray this prayer. Think about it now. Read it real good because the Son is God. This is not the Lord's prayer. This is disciples' prayer. This is the model prayer. This is a pattern prayer. It's 
how you and I are to learn how to pattern our prayers. The Bible goes on to say, Our Father which art in heaven, how be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Prayer is probably the most neglected privilege in all of our lives. I believe prayer is the secret to true friendship. Think about it just a minute. It has been said a real friend warms you by his presence, trusts you with his secrets and remembers you in his prayers. I believe prayer is the secret to a Christ-honoring church. It has been said God honors no drafts where there has been no deposits. You can't go to the bank and take out money that has not been put in. The Bible said you receive not because you How can God answer a prayer that has not been prayed? Have you thought of that? If God can do all things and nothing is impossible to God, why are we so broke? Why are we so bankrupt emotionally? Why are we so nervous and anxious? Could it be we're too busy doing to pray? I'm just asking you today, prayers that have not been prayed cannot be answered. There's nothing wrong with America that prayer cannot fix. There's nothing wrong with you that prayer cannot fix. Now your mate, that's something else again. But there's nothing that is wrong that prayer cannot fix. Prayer can put a smile on a pumpkin. Prayer could put a smile on a prune. But he can't do it with Baptist folk. Amen. All right. Let's get ready to pray. Verse 5 and 6. Let's get ready to pray. The Bible said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For love to pray, standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Now let me ask you something. When you enter into your prayer closet and you shut the door, do you take your cell phone with you?
Do you make sure your computer is charged? When you walk into your private, personal place, to ask God, gimme, 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 gimme. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Adios amigo. See you later, Jose. Amen. Why is it if you don't take your cell phone to your prayer closet, why do you bring it to church? Does God interfere with your Facebook or does your Facebook interfere with your prayer time? You say, I didn't come for this. If I'd have called you, you wouldn't have come. The most disrespectful thing I know of, and this is Sunday morning, and I know you visitors don't want this and didn't come. The most disrespectful thing I can think of is for me or the pastor here spend 30 hours a week trying to get a hold of God and get a message from God and you watch your dumb cell phone all the time we're preaching. The best thing you do is you and your cell phone stay at the house. You're going to make somebody mad, Reverend. You need to back up. And when you pray, enter in your place of prayer. Probably it was meant to store house in the homes in the Eastern culture. But there ought to be a place where every child of God wants to get along with daddy and talk personally to him. And if you don't have that desire, you probably need to come to Calvary and get saved. Because saved people want to talk to the Savior. And saved people need to talk to the Savior. And I don't need Facebook and Twitter and all of that stuff to get me tuned in to my Heavenly Father. And I, I'm, I, I, I have a deep-seated burden for folk who can't lay down a cell phone long enough to communicate with God. Unless maybe they befriended God. You say, you're going to make folk mad. Well, one or two probably. Prayer is between you and God, not Google. And if you've got to Google God, you need to buy you a King James Bible. And we just happen to have them for sale across the hall. But prayer is something personal, private, and it is simplistic, it is simple. And it's supernatural. And if you and I can get out of the natural long enough 
to grab a hold of the supernatural, this church will be what it ought to be instead of what it is. And so let's prepare to pray. And when you do, you need to get along, bless your heart, and have the freedom and the liberty to talk to God as your heavenly father. Notice if you would, please, you need to get that straight. You need to realize, verse 7 and 8, that whatever you say, whatever you ask for, whatever you've done, you have not surprised God. Verse 7. And when you pray, use not vain repetitions. In other words, you're not going to impress God with a heavenly language. And you can repeat and repeat and repeat. God don't answer prayer because of their length. God answers prayer because of its source. Come from the heart. Long prayers don't do anything but bore God. Have you ever been just sitting around anybody that just talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and talks? Have you ever been around somebody like that? Don't you just love it? Say, dear God, they must be one of the super bunnies. (laughs) Don't the battery ever wear down? Repeat, repeat, repeat. God is not interested, impressed by what we say. He's impressed by what we are and what we long to be. You understand that? And the, but not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they, 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 they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them, for your heavenly Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. And I'm glad that when I pray, God is not surprised at a wicked, blood-bought sinner who comes to him when he can go to no one else. Because no one else understands, no one else can forgive, but God knows And God loves us. Even while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you glad of that? So now, get ready to pray. Get it straight while you're coming. Get it straight between you and God. Get it straight. What you're talking to God about is much better than what you saw on Facebook a little while ago. Isn't it amazing? Just think what you might miss if you spent 10 minutes praying to God. You might miss the president's tweet. (laughs) But don't be afraid. Watch Fox. It'll be retweeted several times throughout the day. Amen. All right. Now we're getting ready. I'm not praying like the heathen. I'm not trying to impress God with a lot of words. Got away by ourselves and with the Lord. And now he says, pray ye 
after this manner. He's teaching us how to pray. I read the other day that the average Baptist never gets above kindergarten age in their prayer life. Most Christians are still in kindergarten in their prayer life. Save for years, yet know nothing about prayer. They know all about tithing, but nothing about prayer. Maybe that's why Jesus said early in his ministry, if you're going to pray, why don't you pray right? Pray like I want you to pray. Pray ye after this manner. And how is that? Number one, we must realize who we're talking to. Our Father, which art in heaven, realize who you're speaking to. You're speaking to the God of creation. You're speaking to Moses' burning bush. When Moses was told, take off your shoes because the ground that you're standing on his holy ground. Do you realize when you shut the door in your prayer closet and you go to God in prayer, you're not talking to just anybody. You're talking to the omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, almighty creation God. Moses' burning bush. Joshua's captain of the Lord's host. It's the one, bless your heart, that stood and burnt the top of Mount Sinai as if it was just a a shell of a mountain. We're talking to the God of all creation. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How long has it been? Since you shut the door and blocked all the hell out and let a little bit of heaven in. We ought to pray, not because we're in trouble. We ought to pray because we're saved. We ought not pray because we're sinking. We ought to pray because he lifted you out of the miry clay. And set your feet on a solid rock and establish your going. We ought not pray because we don't have a song. We ought to pray because he's put a new song in our mouth. Even praise unto our God. I don't understand why a Christian don't pray. Oh, we'll pray when our kids get sick. We'll pray when my wife, when our wife has burnt the biscuits. <laughs> we'll pray when we have a check bounced. We'll pray if our automobile don't start. 
But why don't we pray and thank God it did start? Why do we wait till our kids are about to go haywire? Why don't we pray and thank God for keeping them from going haywire? I don't understand. Jesus don't understand. He assumes that Christians will pray. He says, and when thou prayest. Have you prayed yet today? Did you pray yesterday? Have you prayed all week? And then you wonder why God don't answer your prayers. He can't answer a prayer that has not been prayed. You got to realize, I think, who you're talking to. Can you say amen? Hmm? Secondly, you got to recognize that his will and his work comes first. Verse 10, watch this. Verse 9 says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Is that what it says? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The primary purpose for me as a child of God to pray is thy will be done in my life. Not my will. If my will had been it, Joshua Baptist Church would never be started. If my will had been done, I would have taken a church someplace else that had already the buildings built, the properties bought, the foundations laid, the insurance paid for, and living happily ever after. If my will had have been done, you wouldn't be here. You'd be somewhere else. Somebody prayed that his will would be done. She's sitting in the balcony. She prayed, dear God, please have my husband start a church or kill him dead. I heard that prayer. I felt God's tugging on my heart. After all, I'd been preaching now for 30 years, 40, 25 years. I had pastored successful churches. I had preached meetings all over America. Why should I, a successful preacher, if you please, start at the bottom when you're old man? I was too proud. I should not have to start a church. Dear God, I've got... So many degrees, I look like a thermometer. Why should I start at the bottom again? Only it was his will, not my will. Thy will be done. Amen. Kids, why should you obey your parents? You're smarter than they are. His will be done. They might be smarter than you think they are. Amen. My daddy was awful stupid when I was about 16. 
no education, eighth grade education. He's so dumb he parted his hair in the middle. Had sideburns like Elvis. When I got 21, he's getting smarter. 25, he's the smartest man I knew. Thy will be done. You've got a chance to have his will in your life. We must realize that God is doing something. And I'm just stupid enough. I won't in on it. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. He's coming. You believe that? Trump can't stop it. Democrats ain't going to vote on it. And it will be an emergency. And God don't need Congress to support it. Can anybody say amen? Because Hoss, he's the boss. To what television channel I've been watching. <laughs> Have you prayed yet? Don't pray like the heathen. Get alone by yourself. Use this pattern until you develop your own prayer life. This is the pattern. First of all, recognize who you're talking to. Then recognize what he wants is far more important than what you want. Amen. And ask him to do his will in your life. Oh, and he'll do it spiritually, if you please. And I found throughout many years, I'm just about finished. You say, why? Because I am hungry today for some reason or another. I found throughout these few years that I've lived that my will is kind of flawed. Have you ever noticed that? Imperfect, wavering, and unstable. You know, one day I wanted to do this. The next day I wanted to do this. Next day I was called to do this. This day I fell in love with a blonde-headed girl in high school. She broke my heart. Next day I fell in love with somebody else. And the next day I fell in love. None of you folks are that way, right, right, right. What if God had allowed you to do what you wanted to do? Where would you be? Tell you where I'd be. No, I won't tell you where I'd be. The best thing to do is to pray, Thy will be done. Because He knows best. Amen. Amen. Realize to whom you're speaking. Realize his will and work is more important than anything else. And realize that God knows best of what our need is for today. And give us this day. Is that what it says? Before you charge it, would you pray about it? Before you grab your wallet, why don't you go to the prayer closet and ask God, do I need it?
Give us this day our what? Our what? That's faith. An overabundance kills our faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Not what you got in your pocket. And the way you live, it's the evidence that you're living by faith because you're living as if it's already there, but you can't see it. Hey, you bunch of Jews, I hear you murmuring and complaining because you... You're thinking about all the flesh pots back in Egypt, you know. Well, they call them food bars, lubies, or what is that called? The Jews were remembering the buffet down in Egypt. And out in the wilderness now, they don't have all the flesh pots. <laughs> that sounds good, don't it? Flesh pots. I wonder if they had any cows in the, in the in the desert. Well, let's go on. And God said, "I hear you complaining, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you quail in the evening and manna in the morning. But now, don't you pick up more manna." than you need in one day. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. We're so prosperous we don't have to pray. And most folk are not thankful for what they do get. Especially if they're in public. If you ever watch the Baptist say grace in public? Amen. That's better than some guys, though. I, I've been with them, and I'd ask some preacher to pray, and a sucker stand up in the restaurant and say, Folk, we're fixing to pray. Would you please bow your heads? I crawl out from underneath the table when he gets through, you know. <laughs> when you pray, if you pray, and if you're saved, you ought to pray. And when you pray, pray after this pattern. Thank God for who he is. Magnify him for who he is. Praise him for what he's done. Don't treat him like a next door neighbor or brother slick. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then pray, dear God, in my life, help me to accomplish your will. Because your will is better than my will. And your will will work. And my will will wreck. Give us this day our daily bread. I close. Recognize your need for forgiveness. The Bible said, and forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. Now don't forget, this is written to Christians. Christians have already had their sins forgiven. Amen. But have you ever noticed? It seems like those sins just keep cropping up. I've noticed my wife is a terrible sinner. I've been praying with her about it and she just keeps right on sinning. Amen. And Lord, forgive me today for acting like an absolute idiot around my kids. Lord, forgive me today for that guy that drove by me and thought I was only one year old as he went by. Forgive me because I shot his finger off. <laughs> Forgive me. For not showing my kids that I love them more. Forgive me of my trespasses. As I forgive those huh, that trespass against me. And lead us, Lord, Lord. And lead me not into temptation. Now the word there, lead, is the same word translated leave. Leave me not in places of temptation. But deliver me from evil. Well, what a way to pray, amen? And how we need to ask God to not leave us in places of temptation. Lord, help me not. I'm done. Help me not to cross the line from good to bad. From right to wrong. There's nothing wrong with relationships unless that relationship crosses the line. There's nothing wrong with sharing stories at work with the opposite sex until those stories get to be intimate. And the relationship crosses the line and becomes sin. There's nothing wrong with medication as long as I control medication and medication don't control me. Lord, leave me not Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Because I know that I'm weak. And if you leave me, more than likely I'll cross the line. Which one of us here today have not crossed the line? God created sex, but he didn't create playboy. Television is not bad. 
It's when we cross the line and start indulging the bad. Amen? This old world is filled with good things that has become bad things. Amen? Alcohol's not bad if you're rubbing it on a sore. But if you're bootlegging, you're on the bad side of that deal. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The human race has somehow or another taken a lot of good stuff, crossed the line with it, and it become evil stuff. And that's why every day, sometimes many times a day, I, I just have to close the door to everybody outside. And I have to say, Father, I'm coming to you today as a son that has flat blown it. I've crossed the line. I've lost my temper. I've said things I shouldn't have said. I've done things I shouldn't have done. So, Father, I come today asking you to forgive me. Help me to forgive those who trespassed against me. Dear God, don't leave me too close to the line because I know flesh will cross that line. Come on now, can you say amen? You say, well, I, I don't need that. You're the bird that does need it. Amen, you're the one that really needs it. I'll tell you, ain't God good that that already killed us? Thank God for his protection. But the Lord is faithful who will not who will establish you and keep you from evil. Second Peter, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. First Corinthians 10, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with that temptation make a way. Isaiah 40, verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Have you prayed lately? Have you prayed like God wants you to pray? Amen.